Bible, you can get it out. Um, it's a real privilege to kind of continue building on the series of why live generously. Um, we talked about this. Um, the starting point of generosity for us has got to be um, that Jesus loved, that God loved us so much that he sent us Jesus. So as we just start together, I'd just love us to say a corporate, a corporate thank you to the Father for Jesus. So just on three, let's just say thank you, Father, for Jesus. One, two, three. Yeah, that was a three. You got it. Yeah. It's a powerful prayer to be praying because he sent us Jesus, his most valuable son. And he did the most generous thing he could do. And don't worry, I know you guys aren't updating your Instagram statuses and all that. I know you're busy sewing into the work of the Lord in this house. <laughs> now that you're, you're doing EFTs and everything, I really, it's exciting. Um, and I, I also think that the attendance is really low today because people knew we've been building up this offering we're going to take. And there's just a culture of I'm going to avoid offerings in this church. And so hopefully we'll change that. Um, it was also because everyone wanted to just sleep after watching all that kicking. <laughs> so, thank you, Father, for Jesus, because He gave us the most valuable thing He could give us. And, and so, why would we live generously? It would be in response to God the Father's kindness towards us. That, that's the only reason we would ever live generously, is because He's been kind to us first. And you've probably heard the scripture about God's kindness is the thing that draws us into changing our mind about who we are and coming towards Him. Repentance is the more classical word. Yeah. So we talked about, thanks Richard, we talked about um, how one of our, our things historically, we had it up on the wall in our old venue, is that we want to be the, be the most generous people in the world. And I flipped that around and said that um, I feel like we need to tweak it a bit and start talking about being the most responsive people in the world. I don't know if that's helped any of you in the last two weeks. I hope it has. It's, it's been helping me just this thing of, like, of learning how to journey with God and saying, how can I respond to you today? How can I just respond to you? So your kindness is on me. Sort of not needing to, to, to think, what do I need to do right now? What's next? Whatever. Just asking him questions rather and just saying to him, how, do I, how can I best respond to you right now? Um, and so we want to put up another banner that says the most responsive people in the world. And in Luke 19, verse 40, it's Jesus responded and he says, Listen to me, if my followers were silenced, even the very stones would break forth with praises. There's nothing in all of creation that isn't held in the tension of wanting to worship God. There's nothing that, that isn't held there and, just, and is waiting at the edge of its seat, wanting to just burst forth and worship Him. And so, every part of our lives must be a response to His kindness. The very breath in our lungs is a gift, it's an honor, it's a privilege to just breathe the life of God that's in us. You can say amen, because I think that's something we need to learn to agree with, not necessarily my wonderful words, but the agreement in our spirits with God as we discover that it's His life in us. It's His life in us, and we say yes to that. And so, as we talk about generous living, this is our framework. There is really no living if there hasn't been any generous that's the start of this thing. We wouldn't be here if the, He hadn't been generous. If he hadn't been kind towards us. And God's posture towards us hasn't changed. is unchanging. His posture towards us is kindness from the beginning. Just rela relationship over everything else. I want to have a loving relationship with you. Kindness towards you. 
So in Matthew 7, he says, um, verse 12, he says, In everything you do, be careful to treat others in the same way you'd want to treat them to treat you, for that is the essence of all the teaching of the, of the law and the prophets. It's quite amazing that he says something so simple, and he says, that thing is the essence. That's it. That, very, that small thing there, just treat others as you want them to treat you, that's the essence of all of the law. Everything that, that, that they've been living in for, um, I don't know, probably not thousands, but hundreds of years. That's the essence. And so I want to just read another scripture quickly. In Acts 20, verse 35, he says, I've left you an example of how you should serve and take care of those who are weak. For we must always cherish the words of our Lord Jesus who taught, giving brings a far greater blessing than receiving. And I asked you guys this question, I'll ask it again today. Who's yet discovered that mystery? I'd love to see a, a, a vulnerable show of hands that you feel like you've discovered that giving brings a far greater blessing than receiving. Anybody? Or sometimes, I had that experience at least once or twice. It's just such a wonderful, I remember many years ago, I was standing behind someone and I, I just, the spirit popped in my head and said, you must give this guy some money. And I just stood there and I thought, the joy I'm experiencing right now, I haven't even given it. I'm just experiencing this guy doesn't know it's what's about to hit him. That was like so much more profound than waiting for Christmas Day. You know, when I knew I was going to get some things. And that just that like being in that space where we, where we, where we discover how wonderful it is to give. As the Father gave us Jesus. He gave us Jesus. He, he is the keeper of that truth. He knows the, the sort of the life, the, 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 the most beautiful thing that's on giving. And he set that up for us to discover. So... As we talk about treating others as we want to be treated, it's this exact thing. Who wouldn't want someone behind you to be standing there saying, I want to give you some cash? <laughs> you know, who wouldn't want to live with that, that essence of all truth? Yeah, it would be lovely. Imagine feeling all the people behind you sitting there. Oh, did you say that? Sinead said that. Yeah, so you there, so <laughs> all the guys in the back row. <laughs> You've got work to do today. Yeah, guys have got work to do there. You chose a back row and the Lord wants to flip it around. He wants to use it. Yeah. He's going to use it. So that's the essence of it. And so we, we talked, obviously, about time and energy and money. And living generously is all about moving in, in between those things consciously. Like, how do we respond to God's goodness in our lives? And responding with our time, responding with our energy, responding with our money. Time, in essence, for me today, I'd like to say, and I think this does change over, uh, you know, over time, I can say, but... Time is really about sacrifice. And sort of our understanding of it will change and shift. But for me, I felt like at the moment, if I had to describe it and what it looks like for me to live generously with time, it would be about sacrificing. It would be about this continued process of existing um, in a place that says, this must um, come before. And therefore, it's costing me something. And so there's this constant sense of sort of, okay, I'm going to sacrifice something there and give time. I'm going to, does that make sense? That's how I've been sort of perceiving it. And um, it's irreversible. It's happened. Once you've done it, you've, you've passed it on. It's this, it's this act that goes out and you don't often know what the, what the benefit will be in return. You just sow it, trusting and knowing that God was on that. We, we, we hope he was. And um, sometimes we sow it and we obviously love to... Uh, measure it ourselves and look, geez, that was a complete waste of time. I mean, who said that recently? Talk about the rugby. No. Not anybody? No. 
This guy loves the kicking, it seems. Winning, winning. A win. There's no space for comments on the score sheet. A win is a win. An ugly win is a win. A win is a win. And that's, I can see the theology in this church. Very clear. I'm wanting to just what interesting stuff. I'm want being intrigued. The ends justifies the means. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's hard to get over it. South Africa really needs it, eh? We need it, guys. Eh? We need it. I've just been loving everybody saying that so much. Yeah. If anybody needs it, we need it, eh? The DA's imploded. It's all happening, and we need it so much. What else can you mention? Yeah. So we invited, I'm talking about time, we invited to shift from... Um, giving Jesus time to actually just learning how to respond to Jesus without time. So we, we, we invited to saying, I'm not just going to stop and say, okay, Lord, I want to give you some time. It's just simply to learn how to ask questions again. How can I respond to you with my time right now? And it just shifts us. It's a small thing, it's, but it's a practical practice that we can be shifted into being, pe- being responders with our time. And so we, we sort of move away from oh, I'm making this massive sacrifice to you. I'm actually just making a response for the moment right now in this time right, I'm in. In this sort of fraction of eternity, that's going to be my response. And we, com- we see it completely differently then too. I'm going to set up myself. I'm going to prepare. I'm going to go there. I'm going to do. I'm going to give time. I'm going to be involved in this or that. And actually we're just saying, God, how can I respond to you right now with this? Yeah. Yeah, I know, it's great. It's fantastic stuff. It's been changing my life. So I appreciate that. So, energy. Energy is strength. It's vitality. It's, it's, it's the sustenance. It's, it's, it's physical. It's mental. It's something that we, we can often measure being depleted. Someone recently said to me they've got fatigue. It's all those kind of things. You know what I mean? Having extreme, deep emotional fatigue. You don't have any energy. You just feeling flat you don't have the energy to to give of yourself and again there's a place for us that we get invited to where we are able to respond to god from a supernatural energy that we that we that we actually have all of us in christ right now in us that looks very different to us drumming up energy and strength to sort of drum up uh, an ability to do something or to act on on something um I hope that um, I'm not simplifying these things too much because I feel like they are in some ways quite simple, but at the, on, the, on the far spectrum, these are very practical, small little parts that I've been discovering in God um, on time, energy, and money. So I hope it's helpful for you. And um, I, ha- I, I, li- I like to just remind myself in this moment when you guys are looking at me, sort of gazing, and I think I have actually nothing new to say to you, so I'm just going to say that one again because it helps me. I've got... Nothing new to say. And anything that you may glean from today is only what the Spirit can open up in you. So just be alert to Him right now in, in this moment. Yeah. It's like when you're pushing a, someone's car, that sort of maybe battery flat or there's a car that's stalled, and one person, one person starts to push it, and eventually other people might see it and join in and start to come and run and help. And then there's this m- momentum that starts to happen because the strength that's being added is, is increasing the ability for this vehicle to move. And the thing gets rolling. And all along, the energy in our lungs is being supplied by the Father. 
There's a sense of God inviting us to combine and to join as a community with the energy that is His Spirit in us and to begin to allow Him to, to stir up momentum in us. And so I'm talking about generous living, not so much to talk about you and going away and how you're specifically going to do it, but how we are going to become a group of people who live generously together. And so for me, it's, it's this collective, it's a collective exercise in, in sort of responding to the goodness of God that we, that we are invited into. And way more exciting and fun to be doing it together. Yeah. So as I read um, earlier in Acts 20, he says that giving brings a far greater, than, far greater blessing than receiving. And this is, again, where this thing of being the most generous people in the world came from. We, we sort of set this, this target, let's be the most generous people in the world. And we said, I think it was a beautiful um, ambition we had. And uh, it's ongoing, but at the same time, I think as we learn to sort of take something that God drew, drew us into and we say, okay, how can we actually act on this better? It's what he's busy doing with us. He's saying, you want to be really generous, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to coach you with, in practical ways how you can do this practically. And so through, with your time, with, with, your, with your energy and with your money, he's teaching us how to respond to him and not to do something because it was truth and I ought to do that and I need to do that, rather because I want to do it as my answer for now. That makes sense. Yeah. So God's inviting us to not be um, mastered by anyone or anything else but Him. Yeah. And there's this sort of daily work we get to do of choosing Him to, as our master. I love that little bit you spoke about Adonai, the master, James. Um, choosing Him as our master and not that our time is our master, that our energy, our strength is our master, that, or that our money is our master. And that it's actually Christ who's at the center of our lives and, master, and mastering our every move we make. Who's feeling like their work is a gift right now? Yeah? Wonderful. Jay, you always feel like that because eh? it comes as a surprise. Jay's in the full ministry, so you're just waiting. <laughs> well, it's a gift. No, but the actual working, like in the place of the work, it's, there's this invitation for us to, to discover something on that. Um. So on money, this is, you know, there's just so much talk about money. Uh, if you go online and you start to search, historically what churches teach on money, it's just so vast. And, and I grew up in a church context where tithing was taught and practiced and just a wonderful thing. And tithing, I'm going to get into what it is now, has just been a very normal thing in my life. But as I've looked into scripture some more, I've seen that tithing as a concept fall short of responding. It's actually, it's, it's only a part of what we're invited into. God's invited us into a lot more than just being me calling you guys to say, how do you live generously with your money? Okay, you give a tenth of your money to the church and then you're doing your bit. He's inviting us to something so much bigger, something so much grander than that. And um, if you look in scripture on the specific of where this pattern of the tithes came from, Abraham started giving a sort of a, a thank you gift to a, a priest called Melchizedek and, and believed that it's sort of because of this, because of Jacob, it's continued on and it's in our time. But we're actually in the New Testament where all of us have become priests. And you, in, in, in 1 Peter, he talks about that. He, you know, um, We are now his chosen. We are um, set up as a spiritual nation, being set apart. We are the devoted ones. So if we were to tithe in today's um, 
in the New Testament, who would we tithe to, practically? It would be to each other, because God set us all up as priests. And the other thing where I feel like it's quite flawed is that there's this, there's this quite a distinct thing that you've got to give a tenth, because that's what's always been given. But if you look in the scripture, there was actually, there's always been quite a varying amount. A tenth was the least they ever gave. And the sort of the, quite a, quite a sort of across the spectrum average was more like a twentieth of what they were earning was being given. So that's just like obviously terrible to hear for everyone. That we're going to be, you know, saying our church tithes 20% from next week. But, or not. Or not. No one else seemed to be too worried about that. They just weren't going to, they just weren't going to partake. I'm just teasing. So I'm, I'm in no way attacking the concept of tithing or anything because I practice it myself. But I feel like that we must just be very clear that we're not doing anything in terms of the way we get to respond to God's kindness that is because of a rule or an ought or a law that was set up that we have to just simply practice. Our relationship with God is, very, is that. It's a, relation, it's a relational engagement of responding to Him. And so if you are going to practice tithing, there's people that give 10% because they believe that this thing's carried through and it's been in the Old Testament from you know, the Israel, Israel nation. But if you look quite closely, you'll see that actually Jesus doesn't talk about tithing. He just talks about responding. And so it's the worst thing for me to be saying in a church when a church has expenses and wants to, but I actually believe it's the opposite. It's like we've often talked about, why would you teach grace and let people just be free and everything? But actually it's inspiration that will really move us to authentic faith and authentic living with God. And so it's not, it's not just, okay, you know, let's teach a little bit of law to keep everyone, keep everyone in the seats. Is this kind of um, stuff new to anyone? Is it, is it, is it heretical just to others? Because the doors aren't locked. Um, I mean, genuine. Because I know that sometimes there's, there's a couple of holy cows that we're not, when I'm saying that the tithing is not a must, is, is, is possibly slaughtering a cow that you've been feeding. And actually God's asking you for more. He's asking you for more of a response. Um, so like I said, if we were to tithe in the New Testament, it would be quite a weird thing to be doing because we are all now set up as, as priests. And the historical model was that you'd take a tenth to the temple and it was used, some of it was used for sacrifice and the other part of it was used to sustain the priests. And so um, if we were to tithe, where would we do that today? We don't have temples. We are the temple. We're the living, moving life of Christ right now. So it, it's be, in the New Testament, this thing's been completely opened wide. And so the response for us is more important than the amount. That's what I want to say. It's, it, that's the most important thing. That as we sort of say to God, how can, I, how can I live generously with money? It's all about how can I respond right now accurately that I'm not mastered by it, but I'm mastered by you, to God. That's, that's, that's the only thing that matters. And so just to also talk about historically we talk about sort of like we just did we took up an offering for a specific need that's very biblical and people have done that for all for a long time and, and we see that a lot in the new testament there was a need in a church and let's feed the guys in jerusalem let's send this for those people let's do this um, and and also that it's talked about quite a lot that we shouldn't um we shouldn't hold back resources from people wanting to preach the gospel so there's if there's if there's a need we should Meet that need as a church, as a community. And um, I've got a, like a wonderful list of scriptures. And, um, and probably the most uh, significant one on, the, on that is 1 Corinthians 9, 
And uh, from verse 12 it says this, but as you know, we haven't used that right. Um, this is Paul talking, he says, instead we've continued to support ourselves so that we would never be a hindrance to, to spread the gospel of Christ. Don't you know that the priests employed in sacred duty in the temple are provided for by the temple resources? And the priests who serve at the altar receive a portion of the offerings. In the same way, the Lord has directed those who proclaim the gospel to receive their living by the gospel. As for me, I've preferred to never use any of these rights for myself. So Paul obviously had a side hustle and he was fine and he was doing his tenth thing and he obviously came from a wealthy family and he said, I've never, I have this right because that would be the right thing to do, but I've never used it with you. But he's enforcing and he's, 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 um, he's backing that we should be supporting people. And so... Um, We've been really, as, as our church leadership, been talking a lot about this. And our desire for this church is that we really build something in the inner city right here, in this, in this part of, the, of town, in this particular way we like to encounter God and invite Him, um, where it's, it's sustained and it's, it's, it's able to flourish outside of any one of us, of the particular people in the room, that it becomes something that has a legacy on it that's bigger than our lives. And so for me, I feel like this is a, there's an invitation for us in this time to, to, to shift and to move to a place where we can provide for people to do this and make a living from this so that there would be a, a role, at least one or two or three at the moment. We've only got one children's church role, which has been an amazing blessing for Amy, having Amy on board. But having, a, like having a, a, a resource for people to really be able to give themselves to this thing. And... Um, Jess and I have been talking about it a lot, and that's something we feel like is on our heart to really be part of sort of pioneering and pushing and being willing to, to talk about this and open this up for us and being those people who push to create a space, whether it's us forever or, or for a short time, whatever that might look like, but to create something that's bigger than us, that has a legacy where there's, there's actually resource for someone or more than one or two or three to be able to, to, be, able to be sustained by this. And so that's what I'm talking about when I, why, and it's, it's really been on my heart for a long time, this, this message, to, to say to us, I feel like this sort of growing up for us, of moving from, um, moving from being a group of people who gather around God's Spirit, is the growing up is going to be gathering now for others and saying, how can we gather in a way and, that is sustainable and is, is able to flourish outside of any one of us particular people? Um, I don't know if, that, if that's um, how you've been sensing. I know when we moved from uh, uh, one of our innumerable venues we've had, every time, a lot of people have said, oh, I like this little small huddle thing we've been doing where we gather and we have a nice time in, uh, in sort of intimate way and it's like a house churchy thing and we sort of gather some money and we give and we do, we worship and we do things. But I really feel like the next chapter for us is to shift from that and to being willing to, being, to say um, my need or my desire for how I do church is going to be put aside for other people's salvation. It's something a lot bigger. And in order for that to be sustained, we need people with more capacity. Like I certainly don't have enough capacity as someone who's got a business to do two jobs. And this church requires people to really be able to give themselves to it. And so time, energy, and money. And that requires us. And I'm not putting anything on any of you to, you ought to, you ought to be doing this or anything. But I, I'm, I'm speaking it out in faith that I think this is something God's trying to stir amongst us. To say that there will be people who can be sustained by us in order for this thing to grow and flourish and for more people to meet Jesus. Yeah. Nothing else. Just that simple thing. So 
If you agree, you can say, uh, I agree. Um, and that will be wonderful if we, if we can trust God together, that He would do this amongst us. But as I just sort of finish off, um, like I said earlier, there is really no living if there hasn't been any generous. And to hold on to that, I, I, I want take, to take a moment together to pray. God is inviting us to discover a life that is rooted in His generosity. Some of us it's going to mean we're going to have to start to practice gratitude. We've all seen those sort of how to, how to feel better, practice five things of gratitude a day, whatever. This thing works. When you know that your life is rooted in the generosity of Christ, you actually begin to truly live. You shift from being self-centered to being Him-centered, and being Him-centered is being about others. And so there's, a, there's an invitation for us today to be, become the responders to God together. And that's what I felt like we should put up on, on a wall somewhere um, in the future. Just saying, we, we're here to respond. We're here to respond. So let's stand together. And now we're going to pray for a bit. I hope, I hope it's been brief enough. I didn't want to keep people sitting. We've all sat a lot today in front of screens and things. If you've got comments or thoughts or reflections on, this, on these ideas that I've been sharing today, please come and chat to me anytime or send me a message, email or call or whatever. But um, I really do believe God's trying to shift us as a, as a community from from some wonderful foundations he's built. Yeah, and, and, and my closing comment on money is God needs a reference point in Cape Town on people who, who understand money, who understand it from his view, who understand energy and time from his view. He needs a reference point, and I believe he's stirring that amongst us to be those, to be those people together. So you can be praying and asking God if you should be part of this, how it looks for you to be part of this. Um, can we do a, a joint prayer? And then I'm going to ask Vim to come and tinkle his keyboard here for about two minutes. You can come up so long, Bri, thanks. That'll be like a... So, so say this with me. Because we know that he is moving. Because we know that he is moving. Say he is moving. Because we know that he loves. Say he loves. And because we know that he's with us. Say he's with us. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence right now. It's profoundly here in our midst. And we just have this piano playing. We just take a moment to just pause and to say, God, we are so grateful for your generosity on our lives. The kindness that you've poured out on our lives. Just join me. You've got a couple of minutes where we're just allowed to pause and to say thank you, thank you, thank you in the company of other people who are thankers and responders to God. So we say thank you, thank you, thank you for your kindness that you've poured out on our lives. That I wouldn't be here, that we wouldn't have what we have, we wouldn't have known what we know if it wasn't for your kindness, God. Respond to your kindness together right now, Jesus. Respond to your kindness, God. Respond to your kindness right now. You're so wonderful. You're so
that you're with us and you're moving amongst us, God. We know how deeply you love us, intimately. Romans 8, uh, verse 27, God, the searcher of the heart, knows fully the longings that we each have. So we say, thank you, God, that you know us better than we know ourselves. You know fully, we only know in part, but you know fully the longings of our hearts. And we thank you, God, that we can give you that and we can trust you completely with the longings of our hearts. And you've been so kind. You've been so kind. You've been so kind. And you've been battling to, to agree and to know the kindness of God. Just open up your hands and he's going to just flood you right now with his presence. And he's going to make you aware of his kindness. In, this, in any particular area, in sort of, in, as I've broken it up, but in time and energy and money, any of these areas where you've been grappling and saying, God, I don't know your kindness in that space in my life. I want to know fully the kindness. And you, just, you begin to ask him and he will respond with his spirit. So come, Holy Spirit. Come and do that amongst us right now. Come and do that amongst us in our hearts right now. Where we, as Dave loves to preach, we we had hoped you would do this by now but we just say God we know you have yet you have yet been kind because your kindness started it all and your kindness is beneath it all and in you all things are held together he was before all things and he is and all things are held together in him and so your kindness began this Father we thank you right now for your presence that's with us we live and move and have our life. You're rooting us, that you're drawing us, you're taking us deeper, Father. I pray that you do affirming right now. Just take another minute. Just say, Father, would you come and affirm me in your kindness and your love? Just ask him. Just say, Father, I want to be, I want to be affirmed. I want this, the cement, the concrete to set, Father, that, that I know your kindness. That I know your love, Father, in this intimate, intimate place. That you would, that you would settle that for me. That you would settle that for me right now. And that I begin to be someone who, who lives a life of response. Yeah. So the Spirit just says, He says to each one of you today, each one of us in the room, He just says. I drew you to me, so now respond to me. I drew you to me. I drew, I, I've been drawing you unto myself for all your days. I want you to learn how to discover to respond to me. So we say, Father, forgive us where we haven't yet responded appropriately. And we want to begin to respond extravagantly.